Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruined. Uh, my name is Hallie. And I'm Allison. This is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for you. Allison, how you doing? I'm good. I have a question for you. Oh, up. okay. Great. I'm, I'm curious if you, if this is a cultural touchstone for you because I feel like it might be. Ooh, um, okay. It came up. I was at a party the other night and we ended up talking about computer games because we were talking about video games because I was saying that my neighbor has an, a Super Nintendo set up. And I was like, man, all I want to do is play, like, Super Mario World. And he was like, oh, I'll set that up for you. You can borrow it sometime. And I was like, yes, I just want to get stoned and play, like, video games from the early 90s. Um, (laughs) Which then got us talking about computer games. Did you ever—were you a computer game house? Um, You know, uh, yes. I I feel like I—I've actually been thinking about this recently. Like, I have not played any game— I mean, I mean, at least college. Like, I just, yeah. I live in a world without video games. So, I, I, we obviously hear about them. You know, there's some interesting, I would like to like, I know there are a lot of horror video games mm-hmm. now, and I would like to explore that. I just simply have another time. It, it feels like an overwhelming thing. Yes, to, to, to take to, out to a new get medium, into. frankly. Yes, yes. yes. it's an like entirely there's, there's new mediums. platform. Which seems great, and a lot of there are a lot of interesting things that different companies and creators are making. I I don't just don't have the bandwidth, but I will say my and I wouldn't say my, that uh, understanding tech is a strong suit oh, that either. I mean, of us how have. to even play them? <laughs> I do remember one time somebody sent me like I couldn't even tell. I'll have to look up the name of the game. Yeah, literally sent me like like wow, this is like a really cool horror game. You should play it. And I was like, I genuinely don't understand how to do that. What do you mean <laughs> play it? Like on my. Computer, (laughs) and like that's like I mean it's also like I have a lot of feelings about that. Like one, it makes me feel old. Two, I don't like like as a as a woman. I feel like there's obviously there's tons of women who play video games, but I'm like it's certainly I don't know. Feels yeah. When we were we were growing up, it was very gendered. Yes, and but yeah, I would like to venture into it. I will say my mother, my mother's father. Um, was very like he had early tech like so at which in, at the time was like oh he would record everything because he had a he was able he had a VCR that could record TV yeah, yeah. But he sort of got us into video games like computer games so I, I mean like like Lemmings like it's like early 90s oh stuff. yeah so yeah I yeah, yeah. Like, no I'm talking yeah. early yeah so like did you ever play Mist yes I was gonna say the only other computer game I remember was Mist yes <laughs> um. It's okay. So, like, I found you can download it for your phone. Um, oh, okay. I didn't realize that. That's it cool. costs five dollars. Again, I, I spent that five dollars because I was like, "Who cares?" Um, yeah, it is so scary. Ooh, and okay. I well, remember, it's like it's like scary and like it is just like one. It is impossible. St- like I remember, like at the time, not understanding, and still to mm-hmm. this day, like could not tell you like 
the thrust of the game Great. or what that you are trying fun. to do. And okay, it's cool. very, 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 like, opaque in, like, what your Ooh. purpose is and who you are and what you're trying to do. It is mostly I just, like, it. unsettling soundscapes and, like, really terrifying, like, oh. 90s, um, like, the, the highest okay. end of, like, 90s graphics. Okay, this is fascinating, and I'm really, I now I want to try this. Yes. Um, okay, thank you for the recommendation. This it's is, tough on your is, phone because it's so small. I bet on an iPad, if you have access to an iPad, it's a okay. little more, like, enjoyable on the phone. Like, because you have to, like, turn it, like, it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. That's, this is more of a me thing. I can't see anything on my phone. Put the whole thing in large print. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> no, no, I completely get that. And actually, literally last night, I was, like, um... Well, I mean, Dave pointed out, and I, I I, do feel like I need to, and this is hard too, because it's like, really what I need to do is not look at a screen, because like, I'm yes. at such a level of, um, you know, gay mania that like, I'm just on Twitter, I'm yeah, just yeah. reading terrible news, like I'm just yes. spiraling. And there is something to be said about something a little fun that is not social media. Yeah, also that and, it's not text. Which I think yeah. is very, there's okay, no, point. well, there's some text in it. It's super, like, mm-hmm. at one point, you like, I was playing it with a um, friend of the pod, Natasha, and we, like, open up, like, you go into a room and there's, like, a book you could open and you open the book and then, like, on the page of the book is just, like, video static and you're like, oh, that's so scary. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> okay, great. There's, All right, like, I definitely was... some horror undertones in it to me, which, you know, truly could mean that it's just, like, yeah. not scary at all. <laughs> no, no, but there is something very, about the ambivalence of it. I yeah. remember it, not necessarily being scary, but like it was very mysterious. Yes. Oh yeah, the little island. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I will check this out. I mean, um, I, would, I wouldn't say spend $5 on an iPhone game of it, but like, what am definitely. I, I going to do? What am I going to spend that on? Like, come that's on, true. you know, five bucks, buy I mean, that's Diet barely, Cokes. yeah, I was going to say, that's barely five Diet Cokes. Um, and not to brag, I can get a free Diet Coke at my, at my workplace. So, wow, yeah. I, if anything, I'm making I do money. Miss office culture for free soda. I mean, it's good, but it just like there is a, like you just consume, right? It's just like you oh. sit at a screen, get up, and you drink your drink, and you eat the snack, and you sit down. It's like your brain, yes. at least my brain. You know, I think it's like when I, I was at Maisel, my office was a cro- was like I had like an office that had a window that looked at the kitchen, and like our Ooh. kitchen was like it looked like a grocery store. They had everything you could possibly want, every snack, <laughs> everything. They were constantly restocking it, so it was like every time I looked up, I was like, "Oh, I should go get a string cheese. Like I should go get Ooh. a mini rice crispy treat. I should like it's just chaos." Yeah, at work we recently got like a cereal bar, and then like there'll be like uh, bagels and you know others. So it's like, well, I'm not gonna not eat a bagel every day. I know. If Which it's again, there, it's like I know. You if know, it's, it's there, just, I'll eat it. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, hey, you know, if, if there's a bagel, you're gonna eat it. That's not a problem. But it, the the what food what you're using food for throughout the workday yes. is a complicated it's mo- question. Yeah, it's more yeah. breaking up a schedule than it is. Yeah. I'm hungry. I should eat. Exactly. It's like, well, when in Rome. Um, but that's a good attitude. I think that's going to be my motto for 2023, when in Rome. When in Rome? Yeah. I think that that's you, very reasonable. Do you want to, yeah, what, what do you think your motto for 2023 will be? Oof. Don't hassle me? Mm-hmm. Is that a motto? Great. Just don't hassle me. I think so. Me. Don't hassle me. Well, I'm thinking, I really, like, for some reason, what popped into my head was the t-shirt that Bill Murray wears and what about Bob? Don't hassle me. I'm local. <laughs> 
I've never seen What About Bob. Oh. We should do that. We should do it where you ruin What About Bob for me. I will say, I don't think it holds up in many huge ways. Oh, okay. Well, can you name one of those? Well, it's like, I mean, it's a movie about mental illness, but like a comedy of the 90s. Like, it's, you know, it's... Oh, well then... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the say joke. no more. 1991, yeah. That, that's I get the that. joke. The joke is mental I health. See. So I, I don't see. know that yeah, I... Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't know that anybody... It, look, look, I loved that movie when I was younger, but... Oh, sure. I we all love stuff that I is I wouldn't bad. say it holds up. Um, I, 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 I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but I... Like, it's just interesting. And I think in a good way, as a society, we are more aware of things. I remember, I think I've talked about this before, the movie Sorority Boys. Genuinely one of my favorite, like, movies I don't know if we as, have like, a middle schooler. Okay. It's actually, and that's the problem. It's like, it is pretty funny. And it was no, of, of a piece of, like, um, like the cross-dressing comedies, mostly of the 80s yes. and 90s. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe late 90s, oh, early. Oh, um, familiar now, actually. And it was 2000, oh, 2002, ooh, which was a tough, I mean, if, we, tough. if you want to talk about, I mean, like, that was, like, the cresting wave of, like, so much stuff about, a lot like, of stuff. everything was homophobic. Yes. I mean, like, transphobic. So and, you deeply know, we transphobic. Just, we were post 9-11, right. so uh, xenophobia no was at its height. You know, just oh, like geez. real. <laughs> yeah. Um, this had Barry Watson, Michael Rosenbaum, and Harlan Williams. Oh, okay. And yep, it's that sounds right. And of course, they get kicked out of their fraternity for allegedly stealing money. So they have to disguise themselves as women to infl- to basically live in a sorority while they try to figure out like what happened to the money. Yeah, it's actually in a large part about like friendship and sure. like becoming friends with these women. I mean, who are all like? I mean, again, it's like oh, these women who are all fucking dogs. In reality, you take off their glasses, but you know, it right. it, it, it gestures towards empowerment and it sort of like has like a fun caper element. There is just a full-on rape scene in it. You know, I mean, again, like as a kid, I, it's like somebody gets, somebody is roofied. That's the joke. Somebody's roofied, but it's a man. And so when he's raped by another man, people treat it like a joke. And we still have some of that. Like, I feel like that, yes, that totally. kind of joke still exists, like prison oh, rape prison jokes. humor. Yeah, that's still like a thing where people like. Right, which by the way, everyone listening, we're moving not, past that. We are not, not doing that anymore. accepting that. We don't like that. That is not and okay. I remember seeing this, like probably when it came out. I mean, like, this is a hilarious movie. And then I saw it again, like random. Well, I mean, randomly, I probably had the DVD like five years later. And I was like, what the fuck? But even, like, I had no watching it. Like, that's not what I retained from the movie. And then yeah. seeing now it's like, Oh, he's, he, it's just rape. And it is treated just as a joke because it's a man being raped. It's horrifying. Yeah, it's But not in good. the middle of a lighthearted, like, caper, you know, yeah. like a lighthearted dumb That's very comedy. late 90s, early 2000s Oof. to, like, yeah, man, low-key stuff. drop, like, some kind of sexual assault or, like, other really yeah. horrific, mostly sexual assault. Um, and then be like, right. well, that was just, like, a... A set piece that we did, and it's like what? Right, right. It's like and it's like a running joke throughout the movie. Yeah, it is. This is this is bad for society. Please don't watch. Not that you would watch Sorority Boys. I shouldn't have even. It's like The Ring. I shouldn't have even brought it up. Yes. Now somebody might watch it. It's gonna spread its contagion or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of things don't hold up. We talked about Thirty Rock having multiple blackface episodes. Sure, it sure does. I mean, it sure and does. like you know, this is. 
uh, to say when we're recording this, uh, last night the news broke that Kirstie Alley passed. And while she had truly horrific politics, and I think a just general bad personality, especially in the later years, she is an icon from a movie that we both love that also has problematic elements, which is, of course, Drop Dead Gorgeous. So Yes. Yep. Absolutely. You know, yeah. R.I.P. And again, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I've only been queer for a couple months, but I dated a black man for three years. So I think during that was a, a watching a lot of pop culture uh, that I thought was maybe okay. And then having a person of color say, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Yes. And I think that's, I, I think that's good. I think that's a good experience. I think that's a good thing. I think that's, we, we should all be talking to one another about like, hey, why, why is this in the movie? What, what was the plan here? You yeah. know? And um, yeah, Kirstie Alley, I, did, I was thinking about Look Who's, ha- uh, Look Who's Talking. No one is hotter in Look Who's Talking than, than Kirstie Alley. Oh, she's and, fabulous. Um, and also John Travolta. Like, two people at their absolute hottest. Do you think they were both Scientologists? Or like, I was like, was yes. he one? And then they met on that movie? Or like, is oh. that why they were in the movie? Like, I, I want to know the timeline. Because yeah. that was earlier in their careers. But they were also both stars. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's got to be, like, either they already both were, Mm -hmm. or, like, one of them was, and, like, their stars were rising the same way that, like, the other kind of maybe brought them into the fold a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, we're going to do a little more research. Absolutely, you know we won't. We're going to forget this. We We basically, it's sort of like, did you ever watch Mystery Science Theater? Mm -hmm. Um, It's like how, like, every, like, he's trapped there, you know? I guess I'm more of a Mike... uh, Versus a Joel person, but uh, like you're trapped in space. So that's like just imagine us trapped in a basement, yes, making we're like this, in a vacuum, and then we wake up again, and everything's been reset. Yes, we don't know that we've been there for a, a thousand years. Yes. We can't retain it, right? No, we cannot. But we can at least provide a valuable service to you via this podcast. Oh, right. Also, the theme this month is seasons ghouling. Seasons. What does that mean? Ghouling. Basically, nothing. It just seemed fun, and I wanted to use the phrase. But I leaning into the a little bit of ghoulishness, a little bit of it's always Something good to feels... start with a title and then kind of yeah. reverse engineer the content. Right, exactly. That's what I always say. So we this week we are, we are doing, I think, a ghoulish movie. I think uh, most Seems people pretty ghouly. It, um, it's Body Bags, um, and it is an anthology. It's been a little bit of a minute. I think uh, VHS 94 was the last time we did an anthology film. And this is directed by John Carpenter of The Thing fame, among yes. many other films. Um, and so there are three segments of the movies. John Carpenter directed the first two. Um, John Carpenter, icon, legend, you know. If you, if you, if we need to do more. I'm looking at his movies, In the Mouth of Madness. We have to do um, They Live. The fact we haven't done They Live is, uh, we, I apologize for that because it's so good. And then the last segment is directed by Toby Hooper, who is the director of Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, fabulous. So these are some fucking heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but this is like the very, so it's, um, what year is this? 93. It has that eighties, like it's kind of goofy. There's like a goofy runner in between. Okay. Which I love. That's fun. Um, break it up a little bit. uh, We always like to have Allison react to the trailer. Allison, what are your thoughts about the body bag trailer? I mean, again, with an anthology, it's always a tough trailer to kind of understand Uh because it's like, well, we're just going to splice together some, like, you know, notable moments from each of these stories, and you don't know who actually is, like, even in scenes with each other. Um, I'm going to, from what I could tell, like, is the kind of unifying thread, like, each of these bodies and a morgue that's in a body bag is going to, like, be the driver for the story? 
I yes, love each, that. each of them, yes, like is the victim. <clears throat> yes. Or, well, depending on the movie, the perpetrator. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, so it is a body from the tale that is being told. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. A very clever um, <laughs> organizing principle. Um, we always like to have Allison uh, take a baseline scary. And so I'm going to give a baseline scary for the whole film. Mm-hmm. And then I will do baseline scary for each segment. Okay. Just, there's three, so there's not too many. Um, so how scary do you find the concept of working in a morgue, Allison? And, and, and beyond that, what do you think would be the worst part? Oof. I mean, I think I, I would say, look, there's a, a very scary. Don't want to do it. Not a job that I'm like aching to have. Um, I would say the smell is probably high up on oh, the list of things. You didn't even think about the you smell. You didn't think about the smell? I didn't think about the smell. How, it's would like, I not, how could I have not think, thought about the it's smell? It's not just like, you know, pet store mm-hmm. smell where it's like, ah, oh, all the cats and dogs are shitting and pissing. But like, it's, mm-hmm. which is also a reason that I, you know, yuck. Um, but it's not um, just. I was, I just imagine a pet morgue, a pet store pet morgue. morgue. A pet store slash morgue, you get both of um, But it's like you have the smell of of death, of course, but then you also have like the formaldehyde, mm-hmm. like the, the preservation, chemical, medical Ooh. smell. And like somebody who's been in a lot of hospitals had a lot of stuff done. I, the smell yeah. of hospitals is like not great. <laughs> Like, it really is, like, yeah. there's, and it's it's not about, like, the people, it's, it's about, like, what we're, like, all, everything just smells, like, a very specific way, and I feel like in a morgue, that's, like, heightened to, like, kind of the, the limit that that can exist at. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. one part of it, right? And the other part of it is you're getting bodies who, they're not necessarily fresh bodies. Yeah. They are bodies in that's various true. states of decay. So, you know. Right. Different it's not just from like upstairs in the hospital, accidents. somebody died, they brought him right back down. It's exactly. like sometimes it's like, well, we Oof. found this guy in a river from last month, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Boy, uh, yeah. shout out to any yes. of quarters, morticians, forensic scientists, people who, and and I feel like um, this is an oft repeated thing. Oh, I listen to a podcast uh, occasionally called um, True, True mm-hmm. Crime and Cocktails. Um, if it was a true crime person, and they talk about how so many cases end up being like, you know, an innocent person is put in jail or there's something gets fucked up. And it's basically like, oh yeah, it turns out in some places, like to be a forensic scientist, you have to have basically no training. Yeah. Like, oh, and things sh- are I'm all sure. over the place. And so they're very much about encouraging, if you want to become a forensic scientist, please yeah. do it. Like, clearly we're in need of quality, yes. ethical yes. people in that position. And I'm sure you're being pressured oh, by I'm, the police yeah, and all sorts of absolutely. like political things are happening too. So I'm sure it's not an easy job to do. But that being said, if you're thinking about it, this is your go-ahead from the universe. Get in there. Get in there. Wear a nose plug in the morgue. When I was a kid, I really dreamed about being a forensic scientist. Like, if you would ask me that, I really, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think that was was even a phase of my young life where, like, that or something kind of, like, adjacent to that was appealing. Just, like, Mm -hmm. the, the concept of solving mysteries was something I was interested in. Yeah. Now I'm just like, let them be mysteries. <laughs> right, yeah, none of my business. my business. Mine was that I think that I just, and I again, it's like, I don't want to use, I don't, I'm not a gender essentialist in any way. So I don't want to be like, oh, it's because I'm a woman. Boy, I'm not good at science or math. Oh, I'm no. just not a STEM lady. And it's like, and that's probably just, I mean, like, you see my strengths. There are not in that field. Barely get the computer on. I, I had to delete files, like my computer's full to record this. 
Allison, you, I was Googling how to delete files, no. on, how to find the biggest files on your Mac to delete. Oh, that's I'm smart. I'm not happy to reveal I wouldn't this. even think of doing that. I would have just well, been like, this is the it. one I can see, so I'll get rid of this. <laughs> Guess it's my, oh, my taxes for this year. Like, just truly like, not. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just deleting my computer's operating system. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're not well women. You knew this when you started the podcast. That's no. fine. Um, so let us begin. Um, w- let us ruin body bags. Mm. So we open on the coroner, who is played by John Carpenter, who is living. Okay. He is chewing every line. He's having so f- so much fun. And we see him sawing through a big slab of meat with a bone saw. And then he goes and he he takes a bite of it. It's just a steak. You know, like, well, that's okay. the kind of fun we're having. Okay, that's fun. That is fun. And then he fills a martini glass. He's having a martini. So he's in the morgue eating a steak and drinking a martini. I got it. <laughs> an absolute icon. I got it a legend. He if that is what steak. being a forensic scientist is, I think I could do it. It should be. You should be getting steak and martini money if you have to be a, a yes. forensic scientist. So um, also, but then we see he's drinks a martini and then he fills his glasses from a bottle of formaldehyde. We're having fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Um, and he, so he breaks the fourth wall and he, he welcomes us to his morgue and he's, there's a ton of bodies. There's like 12 bodies and there's more bodies in like the cooling case, the freezer, whatever you call it, where the, you know, they store them and he's going to each body and he's like, oh, natural causes, they, natural causes. Oh, I hate natural causes. Like, he's just like, give me a murder or a suicide. (laughs) And he he's says, like, I'm bored and drunk. Like, <laughs> I am bored, drunk, and nobody's here but you. And no one, you know? And so he basically says, like, um, he his favorite bodies are the ones that arrive in body bags. Ergo, the title. He said, um, and if it's that's what if it's a murder or suicide. That's what he's most excited about. And he goes and he opens one of the bags he looks in. He says, this one was found in a lonely stretch of road, miles from town, on a pitch dark night. And so this is our first story. And so I'm going to take a baseline, Scary. How scary do you find the concept of working alone at a gas station late at night? I mean, obviously terrifying. I'd rather work at the morgue 100%. I'd rather. There's other people there. They're dead, but they're there. I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think like, and also like when I think of a gas station, I think of like a rural or suburban one that is like, you know, maybe miles from the next business or or person that you could find besides whoever drives on up. So yeah, Yikes. right. Yeah, versus like New York, where like if you work at a gas station, like there are there are people there constantly. Yeah, now, yeah. It's not it's not isolatory in that way, but, but right. I think of what we're probably going to see <laughs> is um, absolute mayhem with no one else around. Absolutely. Yes. So we open on it's the middle of the night, right? And there's a um, gas station attendant named Bill. He's working. Uh, and he's listening to the news. And unfortunately, Allison, the news is not good. The news is about a serial killer in the area. And mm-hmm. they say, hey, um, you know, we, uh, I don't I know why I say like that. Hey, everybody, we found another body. <laughs> hey, guys, we found a body. And um, so they find a body of a young woman in a dumpster. And they believe that it is connected to a serial killer in the area. Also, the name of the town is um, Haddonfield, which is the town from Halloween. And as I say that, the fact we have not done Halloween, I am so sorry, is insane. And we absolutely will do it soon. We <laughs> well, have to there do is it. Seemingly an unending amount 
of movies for us and to do. And that's why I love horror so much. Yeah. So, you know, what, we're going to get to everything eventually. Yeah. What else are we doing? You know what I mean? We're trapped in this timeless, windowless basement where every day our brains are reset. Reset. And we forget what happened and what we were talking about and what we promised you. <laughs> and all we have is the big spooky scale to keep us going. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. With all our movies. Um, so Bill's there and he hears about this, this murder, a woman's corpse found stuffed in a dumpster behind her workplace. Suddenly the bell dings and a car pulls up to the pumps and we meet our protagonist, Anne and her friend Peggy, who are also listening to the same news report on the news. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, it's part of a series of ritualistic killings across the Southland. And Peggy says to Anne, like, I would be scared shitless working here at night. Yes. Anne says, don't worry, I can take care of myself. Like, thank you for picking me up. Basically, Anne's um, car's in the shop, and uh, Peggy was driving her, like, as a favor as a roommate. Anne is going to work the overnight shift alone at a gas station. Oh, my God. And then Anne is going to pick her up. I would like to bring up two different elements. One, Anne is a, as we find out, a college student. So she is a young, stunningly beautiful black woman. No. Everyone else in this is white. And, and I'm not saying I, I listen, I don't, I, I'm not a black person myself. I'm telling you, I'm fucking freaked out by this situation. And yes. then also you are in the middle of what seems to be a totally rural white area. Yeah, as no. a nope. black nope. 20-year-old supermodel. I'm like, I as no. soon as you see it, you're like, oh God, okay. Just stay in the booth. Don't yeah. get out of the booth. Of course, yeah. you will have to get out of the booth, and then mayhem will happen. <sighs> um, mayhem. And also, I just want to say, like, this, what's also fun about this is, like, the cast is, it's, like, a, a lot of incredibly great people. And it's played by um, Alex Datcher. Um, Wes Craven is in this as a cameo. Oh, Sam Raimi isn't in it, but his photo is used. What well, actually, he is in it. You see him for one second, but, like, Does like he he's another thing. Do they have to pay him for that? Oh, I bet the 90s. Oh, I think everyone's still getting residuals from this. You know, like the way those deals used to be. I know, those deals were fabulous. (laughs) And then we'll see in a couple, but there's like, Stacey Keach is in another story. Debbie Harry is in a story. Mark Hamill, Twiggy. There's a lot of really fun fun, um, names in this. So uh, at the end, but, uh, you know, uh, Peggy drops off and um, she uh, immediately goes over to Bill and says, hey, uh, I'm here. I'm the new girl. And basically, I don't know the context of the job, but she used to work at a different gas station. So I wasn't sure if she got transferred or if she's just picking up shifts at the gas station overnight. I don't know. Either way, it's, again, you're immediately terrified. But Bill gives her the rundown, like, okay, here are the keys. Just, you know, the door locks automatically when you leave the booth. So be sure to have the keys with you. Oh, like the booth door. Yeah, so you're in a booth, you know, there's like snacks and stuff that people can buy from behind you, but they don't come into the actual booth. And then there's like a locker room slash like restroom, a separate room. But once you leave the booth, the door locks, which makes sense. Yeah. Bill has heard the news and says to her like, "Um, I I don't know if you heard the news. I'm going to leave you my number. So if anything happens, please just call me. And then he, he leaves. He gets to his car, drives away. It's probably, it, it's dark. So it's at least, she's working until seven. So I was like, let's say it's nine. Mm. Okay. Fucking terrifying. It is Jesus. pitch black out. You were in the middle of fucking nowhere. There's nowhere. not even any visible other buildings around. No, terrifying. no, 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 no. This is not a job that someone, yeah. should, that, a, that a young woman should have. Yeah. I, so, uh, and she has some studying to do. Again, she's a college student. What do you know? And she opens her book, her psychology book. She's a psychology major. She's studying antisocial personality disorder, 
psych- oh. and psychopathy. Convenient. Um, just then, someone bangs on the glass really hard. Again, I, I, even even just that, I'm like, that's a horror movie. You got to get a, out of there. That's a, that's enough. That's enough for Ooh. me. It's instead a, a drunk guy, and he get, buys a pack of cigarettes. And he, again, she's stunningly beautiful. He's standing over her, like, where she's been, and just staring down her shirt. And she rings him up. He's still standing there, and he's like, what you eating? You're a college girl, huh? And it's like, I got to get another job. I no. can't be doing this. No, find any, find a job on campus. Like, what yeah. is the, what like, are we doing here? What are we doing all the way in the middle of nowhere? Um, but he tells her, you know, I got some bourbon out in my car. Maybe I could get you to come out of that booth and have some fun. She doesn't even fucking reply. Yeah, good. He gets in his car, drug driving, and he drives away. And she goes, she's kind of rattled. So she goes to like the employee area, like does the classic washing, washing yeah. your face thing. Just then, another guy arrives, uh, a guy in a leather jacket who has, like, a sporty car. And this guy is more handsome, but it's one of those things where, like, she's stunning and also clearly— and This actress is probably 30, like, she's yeah, not yeah, 20. but she's playing young. Yeah, this guy's 45 and looks it. Like, he's a yeah. handsome man, but, like— No, he, he's, no, no, he looks, no. You know. No. And again, only—it's different if you meet at a bar at an event. Sure, okay, hey, look, you know— it's the middle of the goddamn night. You're at a gas station. Yeah, right. And she's like literally trapped in a booth. Yeah, but she's like kind of. He comes over. And they. She rings him up. He gives her his credit card, and he's normal and kind of flirty. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I study psychology." He's like, "You know, if you ever need a break from studying, you should go to the Oak Lounge." And I go there all the time. We could play a game of pool again. Much more subtle and like, oh, yeah. if you ever go to this place, maybe I'll see you. Versus, yes. hello, woman who is glass. Come drink bourbon in my case. car with me. <laughs> right, yeah, Jesus. And she's like, oh, well, maybe I will. Uh, as soon as he gets his car drives away, she realizes that she's still holding his credit card. Allison, she runs out of the booth without thinking. He doesn't see her and he just peels away. She forgot the keys on the inside of the counter, right? Oh. Just then, a man appears behind her. This man is unhoused. He is referred to in the story as a bum. Okay, um, great. But I just, I, he is, uh, again, from the 90s, someone who is comically unhoused. Yes. He is, we, he's, 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 he's so homeless joke. looking, he's turning a look. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's actually, sure. it's derelict, you know? <laughs> uh, but this guy, I mean, like, that's what it is. It, it's the, someone costumed him in this way, which is like yes. insane to think about, but. So he's like, I got to use the bathroom key really bad. And she's like, I'm so sorry. It's inside the booth. He's like, okay, I really need it. You know? <laughs> and she says, let me go find a spare set, which I thought was very, because I would have just given up. I would have been hysterically crying. No. I, I would have just like, I just have to sit here overnight. I have no idea what to do. Yeah. She's able to get into the mechanic shop. So it has like the pumps and then the separate, like an actual mechanic shop with a car up on a lift. <clears throat> She's able to pull open the like the garage door style door, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, crawl underneath, and is going through the desk inside and knocks over a framed photo of an employee of the month. That framed photo is Sam Raimi, oh, which fun. I thought was fun. She put, oh, she's like, oh shit! She puts it back on the desk. She finds spare keys, makes it back to the booth, and gets back inside and gives the bathroom okay. key to the guy, um, who goes off to the restroom. Just then, the restroom's drunk- not in the booth. Like that's like a separate. Yeah, so the okay. restroom is basically on the side of the mechanic shop. So it's yes. it's part okay, of that okay, building. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, and you can access it from the outside. Just then a horny drunk businessman and his, like, party time wife show up, which again was a really early 90s idea of, like, yes. 
a man with like a disheveled tie and is like, woo, we're having fun. Yeah, and she's you know? in like like a shoulder pads, but like mini skirt suit. Yeah, plunging neckline, yeah. like big hair, like big hair. <laughs> Howdy, get me some smokes. You know, I, I love those characters. <laughs> I know, they're so funny. Um, and he comes up to Anne. And he's like, you know, pretty girls are like, you should be out partying. Where's the John? And she says, um, it's over there. Uh, the guy is the key. Also, can you just like check on him? I just want to make sure like, basically, I think she's concerned. Like, is he hanging out in there waiting yeah. for me to <laughs> drop my guard? Just yes. to see if he's in there. So he goes out to the restroom. and He comes back. He's like, guy's sleeping in there. He's all curled up around the toilet. I had to stand back and aim over his head. <laughs> On you. I wouldn't worry about it, hon. He's fast asleep. Guy's a bum. Let him sleep it off. And it was like, okay. Okay. But, and she said, oh, well, did you get the key from him? And he says, oh, I left it at the door. So the key's at the door of the bathroom, right? The business key women, problems. It's all key problems. All and we've key all been problems. there. So the businessman and his wife leave, and Anne goes to check out the bathroom. And for reasons I don't understand, enters the men's room, right? So it's like the key's on the outside. She okay. says, I'm going to go inside. If that guy's asleep, whatever that guy's doing, that's Let fine. Him Let him sleep. Let him sleep. It's the middle of the fucking night, right? Right. She goes in. She opens the door, Allison, and there's a grotesque mural of a demon slaughtering, like, naked men and women, like, stabbing them, like, blood spraying everywhere. Like, clearly this, someone was working on this for, like, a day. It was what it looks like. She's obviously terrified. She runs yes. back inside and finds a, and uh, just in time to see the car on the lift start to raise. So somebody is operating the lift inside the mechanic shop. Okay. Allison, she picks up a wrench and she goes to check it out. Nope. Shouldn't do that. Couldn't be me. I, I know you're a strong, intelligent college, college girl. Don't go check it out. It's the middle of the no. fucking night and you're alone. Also, what are you going to do? Kill a, a person with your with wrench? wrench? What's the plan? And, but of course, it's so horrible. So she had to go inside. She she finds a car bit lowered. And then she looks inside. And inside is the guy, the unhoused guy from the bathroom in the driver's seat with his throat slit. Which I, this is the only one I did this in. But I would ask you, Allison, who will survive this? survive i mean feels like no one okay so i would say there's three players that we're, we're gonna see and the guy who forgot his credit card the flirty guy oh and then bill the other employee um i'm gonna say that bill survives by i think that the flirty guy is the murderer and then bill comes back to do something and saves the day, but everyone's dead except for him. Okay, great. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. 
Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. And of course, freaks out, stumbles backward, knocks over an oil can. Oh, gosh. You got it. Got to knock over an oil can, sprints back to the booth, tries to call Bill. The line is busy. Unfortunately, Allison, we see inside the mechanic shop that the phone that she that was in the on the office where she had knocked over the um, photo yeah. is off the hook. We see a hand pick up the phone and hang it up. Nope. When she calls Bill's number again, she hears a phone in the office ringing. Bill gave her the office phone, not his home phone. Come on, man. Of course. And when we look, we see the killer, Bill, holding a bloody oh. machete. He answers the phone. And I wrote, Bill was the killer the entire time. Bill? Um, he sort of does like a fake answering machine. It's like, hi, it's Bill. I'm here. I'm not here right now. Please leave a message after the beep. Anne freaks up, freaks out, of course, hangs up, calls 901, <clears throat> only to see Bill walk out of the mechanic shop. Not only is he holding a bloody machete, Allison, he's got a fucking sledgehammer. This, for, you think you need a sledgehammer this. and a machete to kill someone? <laughs> well, so she's in the booth. Oh, so he's got to get into the booth and then. There was something about the sledgehammer that really freaked me out. I, I, don't, something about, I don't like it. That is an implement and like, yeah, blunt force trauma. As yeah. Anne screams, Bill comes up and he just starts busting in the window of the booth, shattering glass with the sledgehammer. And she's able, there's nowhere for her to run. So she goes into the back room looking, but there's no other, there's no window in the bathroom. There's nothing back there. She's frantically trying to find a weapon to the point she opens the employee locker. The actual Bill's corpse, played by Sam Raimi, falls out. So that guy oh. isn't even Bill. Oh he my replaced God. So Bill. he replaced Bill when she got there, like before she yeah. got there. <clears throat> and he's the killer. Planning. Oh my yes. God. This guy. I mean, clever. I mean, he's been able, I guess, been able to kill all these other ladies. What's going to stop him now? It doesn't even look like it's escalating. You know what I mean? Like, if you're taking a sledgehammer and breaking windows yes. to murder someone, yes. that is an escalation. I would consider that an escalation. an escalation. Unfortunately, Bill makes it inside. He starts battering down the door to the employee area. And just as he breaks through the door, she's able to hit him in the face with a chair, knocking him unconscious. Great. So he hits the ground. She's staggering over, trying to get to the mechanic station, and she stops. Of course, classically, she collapses. She's trying to get her breath, and there's this great scene of him getting up and coming, holding the machete in, you know, in uh, unfocused, cr- coming up behind her, and then she turns just in time and is able to make it back into the mechanic shop. She's thinking, "I'm a, if I could lower the car, maybe I could drive this car out of here." Not a bad idea. No, no, you know, bad, no bad idea. Just a brainstorm. No. Um, and she runs to the mechanic shop and uh, try to drive the car off the lift. And Bill starts advancing on her. Allison, as he does, the flirty driver from before slams Bill into the car and they just start brawling. Unfortunately, Bill's able to knock him out and it then goes back to Anne. Anne, who is in the driver's seat, cannot get the car started, can't get out of the lift. I mean, just it's out of mechanic, so it's probably not exactly. running. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, Allison... Bill, killer Bill slips on the oil that Anne spilled earlier and falls under the car and Anne lowers the car lift, crushing him underneath. And as she stands there sobbing, the flirty driver come, comes to and they lock eyes and he says, I forgot my credit card. The end. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad that worked out. That had like a best case scenario <laughs> way that it worked out. 
Absolutely. So, so the person in the body bag uh, back in our, like, uh, anthology timeline is uh, Killer Bill. The Killer Bill. It's Killer Bill, yes. So really, yes, the villain, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, how you hope a story will end. Yes. He got he got his comeuppance crushed yes. under a car. Also, they shouldn't allow the lift to go that low. I'm not a mechanic, but that seems there should be clearance underneath. For exactly this reason, so I nobody's guess. crushed. But like, it's gotta get like the car's gotta get back on the ground at some point, right? But like, so why you think the tires would? But I guess the the lift part, you know, I don't oh, know. You know, I see. Like the actual like underpin, like the thing that's holding the car goes flush yeah. with the ground. I mean, I guess yeah, it's gonna have to if it's gonna get off of there. But yeah, it does seem. You like know what? That. You're right. You're. You know what? You're. I'm gonna say this, Allison. Maybe for the first time ever, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So we're now we're back to the morgue. The the coroner's having again the time of his life. It seems like a party. He's yeah, a one man or well, one man multiple bodies party, and he starts. Uh, he's playing psychiatrist with a corpse. He's he's like uh, he goes over to like the freezer. And he said drawers. He goes, I call these my necrophiles. And he starts sliding, I know, sliding bodies out. There's a woman whose breast implants are so big he can't get her corpse out. A lot of breast Having implant a lot stuff. Of fun, the, I guess. With oh, this. and he's again, like I, yeah, if you love your job, you won't work a day in your life. And this guy has <laughs> never worked a day in his life. He's a blast and a half. Yeah. He does also take their, there's a decapitated man and woman's bodies next to one another. And he goes, marital spat, how about you kiss and make up? And then he holds their decapitated heads and and kisses them together. Kiss? And I was like, so you think that maybe they had a, a fight and they decapitated each other? I just don't know. Each other? I don't, what are the mechanics of that? I don't know how that would happen. It feels very uh, difficult to pull off. <laughs> That brings us to our next um, story. And of course, our next baseline scary. Allison, how scary do you find the concept of hair loss? Oh, extremely. Same. I mean, we're two gals with with big, thick heads of hair. Yeah. I, I think of it like from Little Women, my one true beauty. Honestly, <laughs> it is my favorite thing about me. Yes, me too. Um, so yeah, I don't want that to be something that goes away. Though I do right. lose a lot of hair because I have a lot of hair. So there's a lot of hair in my home. I, I feel like I have a lot of friends who have recently had babies um, who oh, talk yes. about your pregnancy hair being incredible. And then the process of it coming out is right. so bizarre Well, because to it's suddenly like, be losing it. It's like, it's like the, you don't lose hair during yeah. pregnancy. And normally you have like just general hair loss day to day. Like our bodies like shed, like had hair that's dying or like whatever. So like yeah. it just doesn't happen for nine months. And then all of a sudden your body's like, whoa, we got to get rid of this. And then just clumps of hair coming out. That's so fascinating. Yeah. It's, the body put- is wild. Yeah, having anything come off in the shower, I think, is even if it's just hair, is really distressing. Yes, very upsetting. Oh God, have we talked about this? And I, I, I almost want to put like a, a content warning about what I'm about to say if you're pregnant or thinking about becoming pregnant, because I was flabbergasted. Well, first of all, apparently you can lose your teeth during pregnancy, or your teeth become temporarily loose, and depending on your genetic predisposition, people lose teeth, people crack teeth. This is on Twitter. What? Somebody was talking about this. And I guess it's because you lose calcium. Like, the baby is leaching calcium from your bones. It's taking everything teeth. you have. And, yeah, great. Yeah. And to the point where some people's teeth become so loose, they lose them. Did, I genuinely did. I knew about a lot of stuff. The, the oh. two stuff was, was tough to hear. And then I saw two stories on TikTok. Okay. And TikTok, I will say, what I what, what shows to me and what I do love Glad about it is— 
it is a a compendium of human disaster and but in an optimistic way where everyone's like, anyways, yeah, like I've talked about this, like this woman who cut her own arm off with a bandsaw when she was in a psychotic episode. And now she makes bento boxes for her husband and like has to like be like, yep, that's what happened. And I now I'm doing a lot better. And it's like, yeah, that's that happened. So the yeah. two things, right. Two people have told stories about their nipple basically coming off no. during breastfeeding. And this one woman, it was her first baby. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yes. her. It was her first baby. She was like, I mean, like 15 or 16, young, young, young. And her nipple, like, so again, like, not that you would necessarily notice if you're older, but like, I imagine if you're younger, you just don't know. The nipple starts to turn black and the tip starts to turn white. But she she doesn't know. She's like, okay, it's probably painful or I don't know. The Her baby, she says this. And you don't, I will try to find it all and put it in Patreon. She says that her, while she's breastfeeding her baby, the baby won't latch, obviously. Like, something's happening. Suddenly, she looks down. Her baby is choking. Oh, my God. Her baby is choking on her detached nipple. (laughs) And she's like, luckily, my mother and sister were there. So they literally grab it out of the baby's mouth and call the doctor. And they tell her, yeah, you know, honestly, like, if there's enough blood flow, put it back on and then put a bandage over it and it'll reattach. And Allison, it fucking did. It grew, it reattached itself. And she's like, it's not perfect, but it's functional and it still works. It, that is the worst that thing I have on. ever heard. I know, I'm so <laughs> sorry. But now that I know about it, everyone has to know about it. Okay? That is, so, I don't know. Every single shocking. thing I learn about pregnancy makes me more and more, uh, just even further confident that it's not something I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah, and props I guess, to everyone who does it. A hundred percent. I our, our our hopes and prayers are with you. Our yes. thoughts and prayers are with you in, during these trying times. Good Lord. And then there was another one of a, oh, a woman whose baby just bit her nipple off. Um, and I don't know whether she was able to read the babies are get into that. Well, listen, you know, hey, once you, your baby has teeth, anything goes, I guess. Yeah, also, once um, your baby has teeth, maybe maybe it's time for food. Well, they tell you to breastfeed it two, two years now, and I think you got at least some teeth. Um, in that time period, yeah. but uh, keep that in mind. Let's get back to hair loss. <laughs> Sorry, it took us down that horrific uh, little journey. Oof. Anywho, we catch up with uh, Richard, who's played by Stacy Keach, who again iconic. I always associate him with he had a cameo in Thirty Rock. Speaking of when they're uh, trying to sell like the terrible couches that Jack had commissioned, oh, yes. yes. And it's just like, what happened to America? You want a comfortable couch? Why do you move to communist China? You yeah. know, like, like trying to should bully. Hurt. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Which is sort of the template of like how uh, the right talks to men now. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. what do you want to be happy? You fucking pussy. You know. Um. So he is that kid, like that gruff, very masculine character, and he is incredibly fraught and a handsome man of a certain age. He's lighting candles, he's opening a bottle of wine, and he's having his girlfriend, Megan, over. Uh, Megan played by uh, singer uh, Sheena Easton. Oh, wow. In, in a, who I, she was great in this. Uh, I, someone I hadn't thought of recently no. or, or until at this, but he's panicking. Richard is panicking about his thinning hair. Mm. And again, clearly a man who used to have a lustrous head of hair. Yes. And that's got to be tough. Of, Absolutely. And and he's he's sported like he when Megan arrives, she sees that he's kind of done a comb over. And she's like, Oh, you um you sort of did your hair differently. And Richard, it just is a mess. Like he's freaking out. He's like, Oh my God, I'm losing my hair. You hate it. It looks stupid. I look horrible. And she's like, You're incredibly handsome. You're very distinguished. Like, 
this, you know, this is a natural part of life. I, you shouldn't, you know, I don't want to see you beating yourself up. He's like, no, no, I don't have to because I bought this. And he get, brings out a toupee. It's just awful. You know, it looks horrible. And she's Ooh, like, I hope it's evil. Well, well, something is definitely going to be evil here in a minute. Okay. Um, and she says, you know, let's not go with the toupee. Um, I'll make you an appointment with my hairdresser, Dennis. He'll give you he'll give you a good cut, teach you how to shape it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. make the most of what you have rather than panic. And Richard's like, I think I'm going to wear the toupee, but okay. He goes to see Dennis, the hairdresser, who is everything. What you want in a hairdresser. He is a, I don't know if he's gay or not. I don't think his sexuality matters. Yeah. Except that he, whether he's straight or gay, he is gay. Does that make sense? Yes, Absolutely. He it's is not, jacked. It's not about sexuality. It's more about exactly. hairdressing. At this point. <laughs> exactly. He's jacked. He has like a leather vest. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. has an accent like he might be German. And he has like this incredible, like a bob, like this like beautiful, thick, <laughs> blonde hair. Yes, And okay. he immediately takes um, uh, Richard's toupee and he throws it in the trash. And he's like, I gotta go. Hey, come on, man. I need that. I need that Richard, bag. you're in denial. What? It makes you look like the world's biggest... It makes me look like I've got more hair. <laughs> and he says, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna tell it to you straight, Richard. You're headed to Egg City in Cuball County. You're gonna have nothing left. You're gonna look like a Christmas tree, a Christmas tree light in January. Just absolutely like terrifies him <laughs> of being bald. It's like you're gonna be bald. And Richard said, Okay, then I just want you to teach me how to style it. Don't cut it. I can't stand to let you to lose any of the hair. Yeah. So just teach me how to style it. He does a great job. So when Richard leaves, it does look a lot fuller. Like, yeah. Dennis is a master in his craft. Unfortunately, I mean, Richard walks outside. Yeah, you don't wear leather vests because you're not good at doing people's doing hair, hair, okay? Okay. Come on. <laughs> um, I also, well, whatever. We'll, we'll talk about this another time. But um, uh, I have, I'm having a real, like, leather vest moment. Again, Ooh. much like shaping my head and buying a motorcycle, I'm not going to rush into it. No. But, but the, it is there. That's... You know, a part of my dyke journey, I might have to at some point get a leather vest. I support it. Leather's expensive. It is. Anywho. But it's natural and it's not made from petroleum, so. I mean, the vegan leather of it all. What an incredible rebrand from pleather. Jesus. You know. Um, so Richard walks outside and, and he has like a, okay, all right, maybe I, maybe I do still got it. And then there's this amazing sequence where like a woman with like this incredible flowing like, um. Brooke Shields' hair walks Ooh, yeah. by, and then a guy with incredible long hair, which is like again early nineties, like yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. metal, like rocker, like yeah, long, 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 long hair. And then another guy, and that guy who has incredible hair. And then we looked out; it's one of those dogs with incredibly long hair. Oh, like an Afghan. Yes, and like that dog. Even the dog's hair is blowing in the breeze. The ones so that look Richard's like Judith Light. Like, they're so cute, and yeah, so of course, it's so funny. You see a beautiful dog; it ruins your self esteem for the whole day. I know. And Richard arrives home, and Dennis has had him like buy like a ton. So he's got shampoos and serums yeah, and mousses and and and, and, and so it's this extract of lamb fetus and a device to massage his scalp, which comes with a cassette that like tells you encouraging things about your hair loss. Unfortunately, <laughs> a cassette. Even that's not enough. So Rich says fuck it, and he uh, buys like which I have seen. Um, I feel like um, this is sort of a Real House husbands. Mm, um, go on. Uh, experience where um, they spray on the hair color. Oh, yes, yes, Does that make sense? Yes. And so he basically paints on new hair on the top. So it's just the top because he has hair on the sides. So it's just like, it looks like a tarmac. Like it looks like Mm -hmm. like he's Mm -hmm. painting a runway. Mm -hmm. So when Megan arrives, you know, for their date, she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. What's happening? What happened? And he's like, Dennis didn't do that to you, did he? And he's like, no, I, I did it myself. And he's like, 
She's like, we got to talk about this. Unfortunately, Richard has like worked himself up into a state. And she goes to kiss his head. And when he pulls back, she has like the hair paint on her mouth. And he just starts laughing. So they end up arguing. And she's like, I can't be around here when you're like the when you're like this. And I thought, okay, like maybe you need a moment. But then she's like, I think we need some time apart. I'm like, the man's going through something. This is obviously a midlife crisis. Like, don't abate. And he says, he's like, oh, go ahead. Walk away from the bald man. And she's like, I will talk to you tomorrow. Uh, which I, again, a very funny argument yes. to have. While he's stewing, he does wash his hair off and he's watching TV. He sees an ad for the Roswell Hair Growth Laboratory. Mm. And the commercial stars um, Dr. Locke, an older man with a fucking lush head of hair. Yeah. And he says, like, we are guaranteed we can grow. You will have the hair of your dreams. I got this done. And after I got it done, I bought the company. That's how much I believe in this. Wow. And, um... It's play, he's played by David Warner, who's also like an incredible British actor. He's been in everything, A Christmas Carol, The Omen. Like he's someone, like an actor you would notice, we would recognize yeah. um, if you saw him. Um, so he's again like very compelling. Richard goes in for a consultation at the Roswell Hair Growth Lab with Doctor Locke and the nurse, who's played by Debbie Harry. That's awesome. Who is great. And she's also like, oh, there's nothing like a man with a full head of yeah, hair. Yeah, she can really, like, turn on the sex. Yeah. Um, so she's laying, they're both laying it on thick. And they put his foot, like, oh, this is going to change your fucking life, Richard. Can you even <laughs> handle how much hair you're going to have? But, like, some people, some men prefer to prefer to be bald because they find out it's less pressure. When you, people see your full head of hair, well, they expect a lot, Richard. Are you ready for that? Richard's like, yes, please. Oh, my God. And they put his photo into what I would describe as a supercomputer. And oh. they show him with like a variety of hairstyles, like traditional Republican military style. And he's like, no, no, I, I need something more. Allison, he goes with the stallion look, which is like long, straight, like I, yes. essentially like there was that like, it was both grunge and metal, like that long, straight hair on men. Yes. That, and, and he's like, I want that. How, yeah, long, how long are we talking? Like, is it hitting shoulder? Is it hitting chest? Allison, when we finally, when he finally, so he gets the process done. He says, uh, Dr. Lexa, it's not surgery. It's it's simply a paste we apply in the clinic. You go home, you, stay, you sleep. Like a chin. In the morning, pet? you'll have hair. Basically. But but of course, Richard's thinking, oh, so like in the morning, I'll get like a little bit of Some growth fuzzies, and then it'll grow yeah. out. He races home to go to sleep. In the morning, he rockets out of bed. He pulls the bandage off, literally a fat glossy lock falls out. He gasps. We're talking, it is down to his fucking nipples. Like, gorgeous chestnut hair. What? Which, I think, again, on a man that, like, he's, like, 50 years old, yeah. an older man, with traditionally masculine. I'm like, we're playing with gender at this point. And we it are, looks fabulous. And it looks fabulous. Like, he looks incredible. Yes. And he's, like, in the mirror, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, having conversations. He races over to show Megan. Megan is blown away. And she's like, this guy, how the how do you I mean, fucking find this guy? Imagine, like, imagine being her. Like, it's one thing to be him, where it's like, this is a dream right. that's come true. Like, I think that you would be kind of so wrapped up in, like, yeah. what, that you're, like, getting the thing you want that you wouldn't be like, oh, this is weird. And, like, imagine, like, if he came to your, like, he came over to your house the next day and was like, look. Right. Like, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I would have so many more questions yeah. than she does. But instead of asking questions, they immediately start making passionate love. Mm -hmm. And she tells him, oh, like, basically his confidence is so much better. Like, it's like, you even kiss better. Because now she, he's really confident, you know. In the morning, she heads off to what I assume is jazzercise based on her outfit. And she's like, well, yeah. you know, like, I'll see you later. 
And he says, oh, I have like a tickle in my throat. <clears throat> I have a little bit of a sore throat. She's like, oh, well, we, I probably kept you up too late. Okay, you should get some sleep. He goes into the bathroom after she leaves to gargle some mouthwash. Allison, he looks into his throat and there's a hair growing out of his throat. No. He also realizes that before his, you know, his hair was like nipple length. Yeah. It is down to his fucking ass crack. It has grown at least six inches, if not more. This is like the opposite of thinner. Yes. Okay. Hairier. Hairier. Um, Richard goes back to Dennis, the hairstylist, who again is like, you have to tell me this person's name. You look fucking incredible. Let me just trim it and like I'll style it. And Richard's like, okay, sure, go ahead because I have plenty of hair now. He also, Richard cannot stop coughing. Dennis starts clipping the ends of his hair, trimming it. We see the trim trimmings uh, fall to the ground and then start crawling away like inchworms. Mm -mm. Right? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That ain't hair. Richard goes, no, that's it. None of it is hair. Richard goes home. He's really not feeling well. He calls Megan. He's like, hey, I can't go out tonight. I feel like I'm getting sick. Megan, now filled with like, oh my God, my my boyfriend is so the hottest piece of ass in the world. Yes. Are you with another woman? He's like, I promise you I'm not. I genuinely am not feeling well. Allison, he starts coughing again. And when he tries to look into his throat with a flashlight, he sees again a hair, not a hair, not only growing up out of his throat, but it sort of retracts. Like the hair is sentient and pulls back. So he runs to the no. phone, tries to call Dr. Locke, but he's so exhausted that he sort of falls back on the bed. In the middle of the night, the phone rings and Richard waits to answer it. We see hair is growing out of his face like a fucking werewolf. Oh my right? God. Megan is furious. He's like, I just feel horrible. I'm not cheating on you. When Richard wakes up, Allison, his hair is almost to his knees, is growing out of his face like, <laughs> like Wolfman, and it's coming out of his mouth, right? The coming out of his mouth is really Awful. the upsetting. Like, just even, Ooh. like, the feeling of having a, a single normal thickness hair in your mouth. Like, I mean, it just drives me crazy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a disgusting question. So if, if this is too disgusting, please do yep. not listen to this. Elsa, you have to listen to this. Okay, what would you rather find in your food? Oh, boy. A hair. Okay. I'm going to say a pube. I'm going to say a pube. A bug or mold. What would be the most disgusting option to you? Uh, to me, honestly, it's mold. M- mold, too. I feel the same way. Like, I think, like, it is the most likely to make me sick. And that's what I think of when it comes to grossness. It's like, if yes. I've already eaten some of this and find some, like, also, like, I mean, you would, I would hope no if there was mold. But I've eaten things and then been like, wait, this isn't good anymore. Um, oh, I mean, <laughs> you know that I've absolutely, I've been mid-food. Yes. And been like, I'm like oh, this milk, this milk this is, is bad. bad. You know what I mean? Or like, yes. yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't, you know, bugs, like, Lots of cultures eat bugs. Like, it's obviously also, very specific Also, if it's a discreet little bug. bug that it got into something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it got, a bug got into something that's Same fine. Same with, like, finding one pube. Like, obviously, it's disgusting. I do not want to ever find uh, hair, and specifically pubic hair, in my food. But. That being said. I don't think it's because somebody, like, fucked my steak. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, don't, I yeah. don't think it's because no, it I was, mean, like. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> What a What an image. <laughs> What a mental image. Yeah, what, right, if you, for either, for any gender, I don't know what that would even look like. But like, right, it's like, hey, I, I don't mean to complain that steak is great, but what's this big hole in the middle of it? It looks like <laughs> somebody cut, intentionally got a hole in the middle of the steak. Is that just the style here? 
Um, yeah, and let's be honest, it's not certainly not the first time you've had pubes in your mouth, Allison. Yeah, so I think, listen. We should hey, all acknowledge all- that the circle of life is large. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I, I love how wide you went with that. Yeah, the circle of life is large. Please remember it. Um, and yeah, on that note, um, okay. So Richard runs to the bathroom. He tried. He's tries to cut the strand emerging from his mouth because he can't pull it out. I would be afraid that it would have like connective tissue to me at yes. that point. I'm right. afraid that it has nerves, that it has vessels, that it has... Yeah. Right. It's part of me. Yeah. So he goes, he cuts the strand and the hair screams. And when he looks at it, the hair, it drops into the sink. The hair turns and it has like a little snake face that hisses at him and then sneaks away down the drain. Yeah. Needless to say, also, Richard now that's jumps out in the there. car. Yes, exactly. It's It's out and about. Richard drives down to the Roswell Clinic and busts in on Dr. Locke and Debbie Harry in a panic, being like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> also, he's genuinely has hair to his knees. Yes. He looks insane. <laughs> and, and the doctor says, and this is what I want from a horror movie. Okay. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about. The doctor says, another successful operation. You earthlings in your vanity. You're so predictably easy. <laughs> yes, you give me a line. You earthlings in your vanity. I know everything I need to know yep. about this scenario. You were like your vanity, your vanity. So he explains, you know, when we arrived on your planet, we were just these little tiny starving organisms. We learned the only way we could survive is by eating human brains, like they're eating you right now. And Dr. Locke pulls down his own eyelid and really to reveal that he is also filled with little snakes inside. Okay. And he tells Debbie Harry, let's move Richard into implant containment. And as Richard stares ahead, Debbie Harry starts pulling out his hair strand by strand while singing, bringing in the sheaves. Which I don't understand because I'm just like, okay, so they're eating his brain. So why are you removing the hair? Yeah. But then also, are you guys, do they already Could eat your brains? And you're just like the puppet? Do they have to keep eating brain? Like it, it, a lot of questions that are, are going to be unanswered. Yeah. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Um, which brings us to our third story. And the mortician is up. He's making another uh, martini. It's a three martini uh, evening for him. Good for him. The coroner, rather. And he pours a form- formaldehyde martini with an eyeball in it. And as we zoom oh, in on the eyeball, we zoom out into our third and final story, which brings me to my third and final question for you. How, uh, baseline scary-wise, how scary do you find the concept of an organ retaining aspects of its owner? Do we own our organs? What? <laughs> I mean, we do. We do own our own our organs. I just wasn't sure if that what? was the word for it. Um, so right? do you mean like if my liver were yes. to be removed, 
right? Because it's just no good anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not. Um, <laughs> not to not to do anything, just to get it out of there. It's just like it's causing more harm than good. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you mean like if so? Like let's say like my liver gets removed. That that like what? Like it looks like me. No, more like if you were to, if someone were to get that transplanted, oh, that they, they would, would start retaining aspects of your aspects personality. Of personality. What do you think about that, huh? What do you think about that? Have you ever even considered that? No. Allison, for God's sakes, what's your fucking life? Sorry, I've had so much coffee. I would imagine um, that like there are, like, I would imagine like, uh, like I have no, I don't understand how eye transplants work. I know they happen because Sam Waterson is in all those ads <laughs> on the subway. There used to be. Do you remember those? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The or, or or no Jerry Orbach? What? Sam Watterson? I was like Sam Watterson. I think might still be alive. No Jerry Orbach. <laughs> I will. I will be really sad. Sam Watterson is still alive. Jerry Orbach. I love him. Um, yeah, but he's still alive. Yeah, Jerry Orbach. Yeah. If you told me that, like, in an eye transplant, that like people saw, because you would get whatever. Like, it's the biological. Like, this is how you see. But I guess it would just be like, oh, you're nearsighted, you're farsighted, you have an astigmatism, which I guess they don't want those. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be like, give me her eyes. Like, I can't see shit. Um, but if yeah, you told me question. that, like, somehow it's, like, affect, I, like, I don't know. I could see that some organs might, like, bring in character. But, like, that's not personality. I don't like that idea. I don't want that. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, uh, <laughs> it, also, for some reason, when I Google Jerry Orbach, I spell it Jerry like Jerry from Strangers. Uh, Strangers Candy, yeah. like I, like the female Jerry, Jerry. I don't know why. Um, yeah, God, those were iconic uh, subway ads. Jerry Orbach gave his heart and soul to acting and the gift of sight to two New Yorkers. Um, Did they each get one eye? I guess so. I guess they had to divide them up. And I would be, if I if I was them, I would be telling everybody I ever met, this is Jerry Orbach. Yeah, guess eye. whose eye this is. Jerry Orbach. <laughs> it's like, oh, the only person, who, like, famous we know who, who donated his eyes. Yes. Yeah, we know it's Jerry Orbach. Um, but that is awesome. Shout out to Jerry Orbach and his loved ones. Yes. Um, but uh, my, my cousin of mine um, had leukemia as a teenager, and he's doing great now. He received a bone marrow transplant from his sister. Mm. And when he did, he then acquired her allergies. He didn't have oh, I mean, I believe allergies that. before him. Yeah. So I mean, I know, I know that that's true, but I'm, I'm like, oh, I could see that they're like with for other organs that that would happen too. Now, personality, different story. Right. Now, now this, now this story though uh, uh, posits, what if that is what happens? Huh? What do you think about that? I don't like. Would it. that be scary? Would that be scary? I think Allison? that's scary. I agree. Unlikely to happen. Yeah, it seems scary. unlikely, but definitely scary. So we open on Mark Hamill, the Mark Hamill, <laughs> okay. playing Brent Matthews, who is a, I don't know how baseball works, uh, to the surprise of no one. Uh, he is like a farm team player that everyone on his team is like, you're going to make it to the major leagues. Like, you're so, mm -hmm. you're incredible. Mm -hmm. You're going to you're gonna be the one that makes it. And he's like, no, I don't want to get my hopes up. You know, he calls his wife Kathy, played by model Tiggy, uh, Twiggy. No. Yeah, who is credited as Twiggy. I, mean, I don't even know her human name. That's her name. That was her name when she was a judge on America's Next Top Model. Right. Yeah, exactly. And some I do appreciate that's how we know like her. a Lady Gaga. Yeah. yeah it's right. like you're retaining the right. The We're not like Stephanie. German. Yeah. It's yeah. Twiggy. Um, and he calls her to be like, oh my god, like he basically says he's an incredible hitter, and he's like, he was up to bat four times. He hit th three times, 
big baseball news. Huge. And she said, that's so exciting. I can't wait to see you when you get home. I have a surprise for you. We see that it's a, a, a box wrapped. And the card attached says, "From to dad, from mom. So she's about to tell him we're pregnant, right? Got it. Unfortunately, because everything is going very well, we know that everything is about to fall to shit. Correct. On the way home, it starts torrentially raining. And Brent, how many people must have died because of this? Brent reaches over for his cassette holder, looking for a cassette to put in. So dangerous. Remember? Cassettes and, and in cars. Like, oh, and, and CDs. CDs. A CDs holder fumbling with your CDs. Yeah, a book of them. <laughs> Just then, as he's looking, a deer leaps in front of his car. He, it sends him veering off the road, and he slams into a tree. Luckily, there's a car stops, and two bystanders run over. When they open the driver's side door, Allison, he's alive, but he turns to them, screaming, okay. a jagged piece of windshield glass buried in his eye. Okay. When he wakes up in the hospital, doc, his doctor, Dr. Lang, tells him, I'm so sorry you lost his eye. He freaks out because basically it means he cannot play baseball anymore. He, he right. doesn't have depth perception. Right. So he's like, so I have to give up everything. He's obviously devastated. Yes. Fortunately, Allison, there's a doctor in the hospital, Dr. Bregman, who has been pioneering a new full eyeball surgery using a donor eye from a deceased person. Okay. Um, like Jerry Kat- Orbach. <laughs> Like, for example, unfor- you fucking wish. This guy wishes this story happened with Jerry Orbach. But unfortunately, it is not. And we don't find out who it is. But when we do, oh boy, it's, it's no good. That's not good. And um, also, Dr. Bregman is uh, played by the director, Roger Corman, in another fun, uh, you know, another fun role. I, honest to God, what is he even directed? I don't know. I'm sorry. I am truly uh, uneducated about cinema. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Good Lord. He's directed every fucking movie in the world. <laughs> the original, the, the original 1960 Little Shop of Horrors. Oh wow. The pit, the pit and the pendulum. Creature from the Haunted Sea. Sure, sure. I, my God, this man is prolific. So understandably, why you'd have him on for like a little bit of fun and a little bit of, uh, you know, Frankenstein Unbound. Death Sport, Gunslinger. I mean, the day the world ended, it, it conquered the world. Um, wow. I mean, we're going to have to do some of his films. It's yes. an apology to Roger Corman, who I assume is deceased. Yeah. We will go ahead and uh, do some of his films. And I, I will educate myself and on it. And good Lord, he's still alive. What? <laughs> Roger Corman is uh, 96 years Jeez. old. Damn. Good for, good for him. Good for him. Good for him. But uh, Dr. Bregman is saying, like, we've never... So Jerry Orbach donated his retinas. So this would have been at a time where, you know, yeah. a pioneering uh, surgery was necessary. And so he said, we actually could uh, use the whole eyeball and pop back in. <laughs> and Kathy is very nervous about it being experimental. But Brent says, I have to do this because I have to play. Yeah. And the doctors are like, uh, well, it's kind of hard to say, but, like, if the eye dies, we'll just remove it. Like... The, the risk is not as great as it sounds. Okay. Like, it'll actually be okay. Yeah. So, when Brent goes to the surgery, Kathy sits with their priest. They're very religious. And he reads from the Bible about Jesus curing a blind man. So, sort of, like, re- leaning on their faith as a couple to get through this. Afterwards, Dr. Lang finds Kathy. She's, like, dozed off. And he tells her the surgery went perfectly. We're looking great. Sometime later, a couple days later, they take the bandage off of Brent's eye, which is a brown eye compared to his blue one. Mm, And his vision is blurry. Um, And they said that would happen at first. His vision wouldn't be great. But he could absolutely see it's a miracle. The end. Just kidding. Again, everything's going really well. They all celebrate. 
Brent is like upset watching the game on TV, angry that he's not able to play. And Bro, Kathy you should be happy you can work. see the game. I know, exactly. But I Kathy get it. comes after work with flowers, and he's like, I'm, he tells her he's been seeing flashes and getting migraines. And just then a flash rips through his vision, and he sort of grabs Kathy's hair. She's got this long blonde hair, and he sort of gets this blank look. But when she asks him what's wrong, he he snaps out of it. And it's like he doesn't even know that he's doing it, mm. right? A great sign, mm. definitely. So they have him. They outfit him with a colored contact to make his eyes blue. It looks great. And he's set to go home tomorrow. But they tell him it's going to be six weeks of recovery time. You have to do eye exercises. And you have to come back basically every week to get it checked. They go home to their beautiful suburban house. And Kathy can finally tell him her surprise. Pregnant. They're pregnant. But of course, Brett is very torn about this. And to be fair, it's a lot. They've been through a lot in the last yes, couple of weeks. Yes, like, this is a lot. a lot. Yeah. And and she says, oh, are you worried about the future? And he's like, yeah. Like, because he doesn't know, like, if he can't play, he has to basically make a career pivot and right. completely, like, figure out what to do. And he really won't know that in, in for the next at least couple of months. Allison, while they're, he's looking on the backyard which is sort of dug up. Like, they're digging a garden and they're putting up a fence, but clearly they were in the middle of it. So there's, like, a shovel stabbed in the dirt and a bunch of, like, fence slats mm-hmm. just sort of leaned over. He opens his present and is delighted and very happy that they're pregnant. And it's a crib. She's like, great, it's a crib for you to assemble. And uh, they kind of have a, a fun a fun laugh about that. They go to bed. And they sort of had to fantasize, like, in eight months, Brent will be playing. He will get picked for the majors. And the baby will be born on opening day. Like, this, like, fantastic, sure. you know... And so that really gets those are things Brent you can going. definitely control. I know, God. I mean, hey, hope springs eternal. True. That's not what's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, things are going to take a, a worse turn here. But um, Brent tries to like take things in a sexy direction. But Kathy admits that she is really thrown by his new eye, and he's she's like, "I'm sure I will get used to it. It's just I don't know. There's something jarring about it." So he said, "Don't worry, I'll put my contact back in for us to make love." Okay. So when they're, you know, getting down to it, she says, oh, the shutters are open. He goes to shut the shutters and he looks down and sees a dead woman's corpse naked sit up out of the dirt of the backyard screaming. What? Next no. to the shovel. Yeah. Well, he looks away and when he looks back, the woman is gone, but he sees that same flash and a migraine rips through his head. Again, ruining their opportunity for sex. Uh, in the morning, Kathy's like, okay, I just want to make sure you're doing okay. I have to go to work. And Brent sort of, again, lashes out at her, but that doesn't doesn't really remember. You know, mm-hmm. she says like, oh, would you mind working at, uh, making the crib today? He goes, I have to, I have to work on the backyard. But then when she says, well, you don't have to yell. He's like, did I? He, he doesn't yeah. know. He's obviously, he's disassociating. So um, as soon as she leaves, he goes to dump the rest of his eggs in the trash compactor. And of course, a bloody severed hand reaches up to try to grab him. Understandably. He looks back and it's gone. Unfortunately, when he does go dig up the garden, he finds a woman's corpse under the dirt. (gasps) And he finds her bare feet. Screaming, he runs inside. He's sobbing. When he looks back, the corpse is gone. Oh, boy. He keeps seeing the corpse, but the corpse is not there. It's hard to know what's real. So he turns to his faith, and he grabs the Bible, and he starts reading to sort of calm himself down. When Kathy gets home, she's like, oh, you didn't build a crib, but, you know, how about we do it together? And when they do... They're building it, and at a certain point, um, Brent is sort of sitting behind the bars, like, looking up through the bars of the crib, and he sees a woman, clearly from the, the 1950s, who screams in what sounds like a German accent, you're making such a mess. Oh, you always do this to me. And then she reaches down with her cigarette as if she's burning whatever baby mm-hmm. is in the crib. And in real life, Brent screams. Right. He falls to the ground. 
Kathy immediately tries to get the doctors on the phone, but it's the middle of the night right. by this point. So like, oh, you know, if it's not an emergency, come in tomorrow. She's like, I don't know what constitutes an emergency, but like, this is not good. But Brent calms her down. It's like, I'm actually feeling okay. I'll just go see the doctor. I, I have an appointment scheduled tomorrow anyways. They, they start talking. They start having sex. Unfortunately, during sex, Kathy starts changing from herself to a screaming bloody corpse of a woman. Oh, boy. Of yeah. a blonde woman that kind of resembles her, but hard a different to, woman. Hard to, keep it, hard to keep it hard when that's going on. Well, unfortunately, Allison, you'd think so. Oh, uh, unfortunately, it's in fact doing the exact opposite for Brent to the point where Kathy in real life is screaming and trying to push him away, but he doesn't stop. He's just like in like a sexual rage. Hey. And then he fully rapes his wife before lunging down and biting her shoulder. And we, I had the um, uh, captions on because I always watch with captions. Yeah, yeah, and the Chiron I says, can. of the sound says, flesh tearing, right? got to be a fun Kathy's job. A, yeah. Captioning Kathy's, horror movies. <laughs> Kathy's uh, able to push him off. She's sobbing and is bleeding. She's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And he looks at her and he admits, I see things. But when she tries to be like, what are you seeing? What are you talking about? He screams at her to leave her alone. Okay. The next day, out, you know, we see Brent. He's uh, whispering Bible verses to himself, pacing, reading the Bible. He is taking me by the neck and shaking me to pieces. He runneth upon me like a giant. My face is foul with weeping. Sort of the more hardcore, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure, metal version uh, aspects of the Bible. Kathy, wife of the fucking year, goes to him and says, "We have to go to the doctor. Mm. We have to. Something is going on." And it's just like, look, you had major surgery. This is a huge life change. Could you be having a psychotic break? We Could don't something know. something be going on? We don't know. We have to talk to the doctor. Instead, Brent basically grabs the keys and drives off without her. He arrives at the hospital just as Dr. Lang is in the parking lot. He tells him, where did this eye come from? And Dr. Lang's like, why does it matter like, where it I found came it? From? Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And he says, oh, tell me where it came from. It's like, it came from a man who... Who died? Yeah, I he wanted was, it a claw machine. Like what? He was, he was he was executed. He died in the gas chamber. Okay, and he's like, "What do you mean he died in the gas chamber?" No, he's like, "Yeah, it was John Randall to the public library to do research." Mm-hmm. Luckily, the library is there. And I love the scene where a librarian is showing someone how to use the library. Yes, it's that so good. Shit, if you don't have a library card, I'm telling you, th- this weekend, this is when you do yes. it. You go, you get a library card, you support the library. They do a lot of great stuff. They have uh, things for kids. They they have b- book clubs. Yes. Like, the library is One of the last few place. community spaces we have that aren't owned by capitalism. Right, exactly. You, you, you get books for free. What is yours? I mean, well, you, I'm not, I don't, we don't have to pitch the library. You know what, you know about you the library. But he does the research. Unfortunately, he finds out that John Randall is, of course, a serial killer. Mm-hmm. He, they found seven young women, nice. all blondes, Ooh. found dead by Randall's hand. They had been stabbed with garden shears, and all of them had been, in the words of the article he's reading, molested after death. Um, it also says that <sighs> Randall— Corpse had, fucking? Corpse fucking. Randall had been abused by his alcoholic mother, so, of course, like That's the woman we saw. And all of his victims had blonde hair, much like his mother. Oh, all the mm, mom stuff. Okay. In conversation with police— uh, Brent reads, Randall called himself the devil. Allison, Kathy arrives home later to find, you get it, you guess it, Brent digging in the backyard. Um, he's obviously really distressed and mumbling to himself. And she says, hey, uh, let's uh, maybe take a break. I'll make, I'll make some dinner. And he says, mm. I can't, honey. I have to finish digging your grave. Oh, boy. 
So Kathy turns and tries to run inside, but Brent chases her with a pair of garden shears. And he's screaming at her like, you whore. They were all whores. He makes them soft. Their hair's soft, but they're whores. So we have to make them soft, and then we can have them. You know, serial killer logic. Oh, wow, has, yeah, that's complicated. Yeah, oh, I mean, it just, it, it, they all got a complicated uh, cosmology of what they're up to, for sure. <laughs> um, but in this moment, Brent has become John Randall, right? Like, the eye has yes. taken over right, him. of course. And he ties her by her hair to the table, and he's sort of wielding a pair of garden shears, much like John Randall used to kill his victims. And Kathy begs him, please open the Bible. And he's like, ah, the Bible's for Brent. I'm John Russ or uh, John Randall. She's like, no, look what it says in the Bible. And he opens it and it says, basically, like, oh, this is something that she must have given him before their wedding. It's like, from Kathy to Brent, our faith to thee. And Brent seeing his name causes him to have a moment of remembering. Flashing back. Yeah. And so he flashes back. So he flashes back to his own life, but then he also flashes back to all the hideous images we've seen before. Yes. And Allison. He does the only thing he could do in that moment, which is he drives the garden shears into his fucking yeah. eye. Yeah. And when he falls to the ground, the blood drops on the Bible. And of course, that iconic Bible passage, if thy right eye offends thee, pluck it out. Which brings us Ooh. back to the morgue and the coroner's joking, looking at uh, Brent's dead body with the eye missing. And he's like, oh, I, I was like, oh, why do you care? Why do you, it's like, why did you even want a new eye? You only have one eye. You could be the umpire. So it's like, okay, we're it's the end of the night. You're not working with your best material. Okay. Yeah. You've already given us your 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 tight five. Your A. Yeah. <laughs> but just then two other mortician workers walk into the building and the coroner bids us farewell and says, time for me to head out. Allison, he takes off his lab coat, revealing a huge wound on his abdomen. And he crawls back into a body bag and zips himself back in. Okay. The morti- the morgue workers are Tom Arnold and Sam Raimi. That's fun. So Sam Raimi did make an actual appearance. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, two fun little cameos. And uh, the the coroner is now back to being a corpse, which he was the whole time. And Tom Arnold, they open the body bag, and Tom Arnold takes a bone saw to the coroner's rib cage. And when he turns away to sort of get a new tool, the coroner turns to the camera and says, these guys crack me up. The end. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like, that to me is, like, what I, horror comedy, like, that to me is funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's I, that's a blending of the forms that I can really appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, let's say, let's break it down, sure. all right? Let's, okay, let's go for the top, um, and we're going to do uh, Fatal Mistakes. Fatal Mistakes. Gas Station. Working at a gas station. Working at a as gas a, station. As this a is an ongoing problem. We've discussed this before. Solitary young woman in a rural area. Like, just don't find any other job. And I think being, as we've seen from her, working at a gas station, you know, like, either you're a part of it or you're going to be a victim of it, right? It's a gas, gas station attendants, janitors, the working man and woman. They're the ones this shit's going to fall to. Yeah. It isn't that true of our society That is in true. That is always true. The horrors do befall uh, the people that we make work constantly and are living uh, without the means of the rest. It sucks. But yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, it's just an inherently terrifying scenario that she was in. 
but that's your job. So it's like yeah. there really wasn't anything that she could do. No. She did everything correctly. She, yeah, she made it out. She made it out. That guy came back for his credit card. Everyone was doing their best, except, of course, Killer Bill. Yeah. And that's the thing. The universe punished him because he was um, an asshole. He, I'm going to say it. Not a great guy. Yeah. An absolute asshole. All right. Now, hair. Richard. What was what were, what were the fatal mistakes? I mean, I think, like, the obsession, the vanity obsession that drives you to doing what he did and getting yeah. that hair. And, like, and not, do, and I know that, like, now we have the internet and, like, research is much more accessible for things. But, man, I would have looked into that more before signing up. Yeah. And and there are a lot of, like, these horror movies that play with the idea of, like, how we modify our bodies and, like, how we think about beauty. So, you know, look, I'm sympathetic. If I was losing my hair like Richard, what what lengths wouldn't have I gone to? Totally. You know? But that is perhaps the fatal flaw in all of us. Yes. Um, And then finally, the last one, which the segment is just called I. What were the fatal mistakes in I? I would say not getting the eye. Like, I understand getting the eye transplant. I understand, like, wanting to, like, be like, how can I maintain the life that I had before as much as possible? It's getting this eye. But, like, the second you see, like, a flash of something that isn't your life, like, yeah. I'd be back at the doctor, like, let's try another another eye. Or maybe this isn't yeah. for me. Yeah, and it's like, at what point are, are, was their religion, in fact, um, causing more problems than, yes. than good? Yes, of course. Because it seems like if you were not religious, you'd be like, oh, I'm having some sort of, this is causing a mental health crisis that I need to address. Yes. Versus it's like, okay, I need to like bear down and get through this and read the Bible. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's like, the Bible does not address this specific situation. No, this is not something that was written about in the Bible from what I know. <laughs> yeah. Jesus did a lot of things, but he did not perform an eye transplant from a serial killer. No, no, he did not. Um, yeah, I, I think other than that, again, Kathy, they, they were doing their best, but once yeah. the serial killer's eye yeah, takes it's over, like you're what kind can of you do? At the yeah. will of the serial killer. Um, and then finally, overall, where would we place body bags on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I thought this was very fun, but not that. I'm going to say a two. Yeah. This is a two. Yeah. Like super fun. Again. Spooky scale not being a measurement of how good it is or enjoyable, but just Mm -hmm. pure spookiness. I'm going two. What about you? Yeah. I agree. Two feels right. Because there was like the sledgehammer thing did freak me out. Yeah. The the hair growing out of his throat. Yeah, that's really upsetting. So I feel like each story, and even like the eye where it's like anything regarding an eye, when he has to drive the garden shears into his eye, like each one had a a moment that I did think was disturbing. But overall. Overall. Yeah, overall, like the silliness of the the unifying um, runner, you know. Yeah, you know how we feel. It. We love horror comedy, but we're here for the comedy, baby. Yes. Um, well, yeah. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening um, and for enjoying the seasons. seasons. I hope you're ghouling. Your seasons are very ghouly. And um, yeah, until next time, please, please. keep it spooky. spooky. Just keep it spooky. That's it. That's all we ask. We don't ask a lot. Just keep it spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. 
Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.